It is Monday. We're coming in hot already. So much to talk about. Is this the end of the chip shortage? We have some information that maybe indicates that it is. Also have a retail report on millennials and Kyle telling us about his service experience. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I don't I know. I, I think people don't. I actually, I know that people don't fully understand the level of intensity that's about to happen when you or I walk in to a service, to a dealership service experience. <laughs> I'm like, I think they they might just see antennas come like raise out of my head. Like, no, apparently they don't. I don't know the whole story. I know enough of the story. But um, at some point, both of the places or there's probably two or three places we get our uh, car service, you know, between all of our vehicles. And they don't know us by now because here's the thing. We're not the kind of people to send them. I'm trying to keep it low. We're not the kind of people to send them the episode. after It's It's great. All right. So so we have have some good stuff to talk about today. Obviously a full, full week coming up. Um, We're going to Philly tomorrow, Kyle. I know. I'm really excited. Yeah. Because the last time we were there, it was like, Hey, are we doing this thing? Scoping out some places, things like that. That's right. This time we're going making decisions, making plans, dialing, dialing elements of the space in. And, uh, and we've got a special surprise yeah, we for do. everyone. Special. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if we're talking about that yet. Maybe we're not talking about that yet. Good morning, Larry Feldman. Yeah, we just said we're going to Philly. You're in Philly. Uh, we're going to be lightning fast in and out. Uh, tomorrow, Kyle's flying in. I'm driving in um, because something's weird with flights from Philly to Syracuse Yo, to Philly. I don't even know what from ev- From Philly to ev- – from Syracuse to everywhere. Like every flight you've looked up is $893 for understand. some reason. It seems like it's common. To, I don't know if there was like a temporary blip because like future flights look like they're back to normal i was checking it out ah. but we're going to philly it's a lot happens in a month a lot happens yes. in a month but i uh, will be on the ground so um if you want to follow along on instagram is probably where we'll post some stories um you know kyle and i do some stuff but we also are going to be leaning into the automotive state of the union account so search us on instagram automotive state of the yes. union and we also have a special a Sotucon instagram account which is going to be the hotness if you're going or if you just really wish you could go uh, we still want you to follow along with us there. So uh, that's Philly tomorrow. Be be looking out for it. Um, let's talk. Let's just let's just get into it because just go for you it. started just this service it. experience conversation. I was like, wait, 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 wait! Don't finish! Don't finish! I want to hear the, I want to hear the punchline <laughs> live on the show. So go ahead, rip it in. All right. So uh, my family and I, you know, we've got three kids, and so one of our cars handles the whole family. One of the cars does not handle the whole family. So we needed to take the whole fam to get an oil change, which is still a mind-boggling proposition for me, <laughs> yes. having spent over twelve years in retail automotive, <laughs> and just literally my oil change got happened while I was at work. So whole new proposition. But we're headed there. We dropped the car off. I actually dropped them off at the Taco Bell down the street, which that's a whole other experience that you don't really want to know about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you Got okay? Him. Are you okay? <laughs> I know Taco it was Bell. a rough weekend, ladies and gentlemen. No. Uh, yeah. So we, I dropped them off. I go drop the car off. They use, I think I've said this before. It's the same store that I've been at before. If you've been listening to the pod, but um, they use X time. So they checked me in. Uh, they were generally nice, like no, nothing to write home about. No, you know, wow moment when I arrived or meeting me at the car, but generally nice, but adequate, you know, right? Yeah. Adequate. adequate. Like I would not, I would not be mad at my experience or anything like that. Um, you know, I get a text, Hey, your vehicle's checked in. And then I got a quick text, uh, which was my first communication back as I'm walking over to the Taco Bell, which is about a block away. There was just, that just said, Hey, um, 
we see you've got some recalls on the car, but it would take over a half a day for us to get uh, all of those done. Would you like to just schedule that when you come back and check out? And I said, yeah, sounds great, right? Well, so we go through lunch and we have to walk back over. I don't really hear any communication. Actually, not don't really. I just don't hear any communication from, from, the, from the advisor until about 10 to 15 minutes from us getting ready to check out. He says, hey, you're, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, tech is still working on getting the oil change done. And so I think nothing of it. I'm like, oh, car's great, not a problem. And so 10 to 15 minutes go by. I'm kind of, you know, poking around. He's not, he's, I think he was like eating a burrito or something. Who knows? It was lunchtime. <laughs> I give it to a him. lot of Taco right. Bell in this story. A lot of Taco Bell happening. <laughs> but I get up to the desk and nothing's, you know, like all the kids are ready to go. They're using the restroom. It's like we got a 20 minute drive back to the house. So we're gearing up and I see my wife and kids walking out to the car, right? In the service lane. And the advisor is checking me out. It's 74, blah, 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 for the synthetic oil change. And the next thing he says is, hey, whenever you're ready to schedule that, just give me a call. Boom, cards me, right? First, like, cardinal sin in the follow-up perspective, right? But that's not even the biggest thing because I'm a pretty diligent guy and I'm going to schedule those recalls, Okay. He said he has me sign the documents. And the very next thing he says is, hey, the technician recommended a few things, but I know you're busy and I know you had the family with you. So I just thought I'd staple them here so you can check out and see if you want to get them done at a later well, date. Well, Kyle, those must have been two very <laughs> time consuming things. Super with time that consuming. level of sensitivity and empathy. Extreme, extremely time consuming. He had the four. You know, he had he had the four normals, transmission fluid, brake fluid, right? All the four fluids and give it to him. Great job, technician. You put in the ASRs. But then the next two, and this is literally my wife's driving home and I'm reading the papers. The last two on there are the cabin air filter and the battery, which <laughs> if you think about it, are a lot of times just like shoe ins for additional service recommended. That was, was one text message away. It was one text message away. Here's what's crazy. The technician took the time to both photo the cabin air filter and run the battery test oh. on which the cabin air filter looked like a smoker been smoking in that thing. I must have not done it the last three times. Right. And the battery on the slip says replace battery. That's which not a I know from being in the business. <laughs> That's a problem. There's a chance my wife's getting stranded in the next week. Right? But you were busy. But you were busy. Obviously. And now I'm on my way home and the kids are ready to get home. And I and so literally, if he would have texted me that in the middle of my service visit, $226 in additional customer pay dollars on there's that a service. There's a service manager rolling over in his grave if he's listening to this, which he's not. We should anonymously send him this episode. We should do him a favor and anonymously send him this episode. Like, yeah. this is happening every day across the industry, and you just don't know about it, right? It's a situation where the processes have been put in place, right? Obviously, at the X time, the technician is trained on it. The technician is deploying to it. And it broke down at the advisor, which you would think would be one of the, the last places. You typically it would break down at the technician. They're busy. They're trying. They follow the process. It broke down. Not only that, but you're, you're paying attention, but 
the battery thing is, in my opinion, is like uh, an extremely important one to someone who just exactly. shuttled his family in, right? Like wife, kid, kid, baby, right? And it's like exactly replace battery. Well, and and so I put as I'm as I'm headed home because my wife was like, "Oh, you is this one making to the pot?" And I was like, "You better believe it's making to the pot." He's putting it in and the so show notes right, for Monday right there. He's like, "Hold on." Yeah, I put sure. it in the show notes for Monday, and I said, "ASR is CX, right?" So if you don't know, ASR, additional services recommended is CX, customer experience. And for me, like me getting recommended those services would have been of massive benefit and of necessity. It's like, it's like taking onus of the customer experience, not just in that service visit, but for like the ownership part of the experience. My customer experience is, is, is like, like dependent on me spending dollars with you because now I don't have to worry about my battery, but now I'm going to have to until I can find the time to go to do it again, take that vehicle that transports my, my family out of it's like necessity in duty. Okay. And, and so recognizing that like the right services recommended in, in your service department are not an inconvenience to your customer. They're not even just a, a, a room for profit. They're actually a consideration of that person's ownership experience. And so not recommending them is actually detracting from that person's ability to utilize that vehicle in a safe, secure, and 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 the best way possible. It's a backwards it's, it's a backwards way to think about it, right? Because in the dealerships we see and the mentalities we see, we're literally serving the customer is at the top of the totem pole. And everyone says it right. is, but it, we know it's not the truth. Serving the customer, what's best for the customer, what's best for the customer. If that really is the fundamental thought, then your battery, especially your battery, would have been recommended to change. But there's a mentality obviously in there that it's actually just a sales opportunity and it's not helping the customer right. drive better, right? It's just like, oh, this is bothering him with things I need to ask him. And the excuse the service advisor gave you was convenient for the service advisor, obviously. Right. And so, exactly. hey, real life situation brought to you fresh off of the weekend. You know, this is happening in stores all the country. Right. And it's our desire to bring these things out the front so that we can say, let's make this better. Speaking of things. Yeah, getting, and oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I just want to say this because I this could come across as like the vendor shouting at the dealer. And I get that. The goal here is one to like prove to the industry that customers expect this level of service. But also, I just want to say. Like this service advisor was really, really kind and really, really generous with his smiles and with his energy. Um, it's just these small misses that can make a massive impact in customer experience. So I sorry I missed your segue. I think it was a big miss. Just my opinion. <laughs> You're being gratuitous. Speaking of things that are gratuitous. Stop. Segway. Time. <laughs> All right. I'm going to actually skip to the third story because I did a segue to the third story and I skipped the second story. Some microchip makers are actually signaling the end of the chip boom. According to the wow. Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, which I didn't even know was a thing. I don't think anybody that's <laughs> listening to this podcast do his thing, but it's in Philadelphia. So I had to mention it. They track global chip makers like Intel, Qualcomm, ASML um, on an earnings. They said that the chip index has risen by 1.9%, and that's profit. But on an earnings call, warnings were issued by TSMC, which is T Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, that said, that. we have a lot of chips, and we think sales are going to go down because there are a lot of chips. 
basically something that we haven't heard in a long time. And the reason they're saying is that manufacturers have of like, you know, consumer electronics have stockpiled chips. And now that consumer demand for those devices are starting to wane. They're going to start to burn through their stockpile and not place new orders. I was thinking about the toilet paper shortage, right? A couple of American households, right? Had four or five, whoever knows how many, you know, Costco sized things of toilet paper, which means there was a huge shortage. And then once it became available again, eh, sales were pretty slow. Why? Because like people are like, I guess I don't need a hundred rolls of toilet paper in my house. Right. So um, this is a great, a great, a great news for semiconductors. And even this isn't just that company. Also, there was a uh, Intel CEO, David Zinser. Um, he mirrored the sentiment and they said, Hey, Q3 revenue is going to be a little lower. We're projecting that already because suppliers are going to be burning through supplies of their chips. And where is the comment that uh, came in from, from the, um, from the other one? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh man, I'm missing it. I'm missing well, it. Well, while you're finding that, this is a good zoom out opportunity. And the reason why we like to pay attention to all of retail and not just auto, because though in auto, we're talking a lot about chips and the inability to produce vehicles or, or ground stock sitting there waiting on chips or heated seats going away. The reality is, is that the majority of the chips in the world are used for consumer electronic goods. And one of the reasons why chips were in a shortage was not just these fires or, or things like that, that were dedicated chips for auto manufacturers, but what, but because of a re- move to remote work and necessity on laptops or consumer electronics that would um, push people into purchasing more of those things that needed those semiconductors. So now when that pulls back, you get more opportunity for larger consumer goods, including automobiles. And so paying attention to that side of retail and understanding the dynamics of what's being purchased actually influences the ability for auto manufacturers to get back in the game um, from a chip perspective. So uh, really interesting kind of dynamic between retail worlds. For sure. Um, Acer, company we're all familiar with, the CEO Jason Chen said, the situation has changed, to quote him, regarding the shortage. And he said, I'm getting sales calls again. Chip companies being like, hey, you want to buy some more chips? You want to buy some chips ah. this month? You want to buy, how about some chips next month, right? You think of like the whole the whole semiconductor chip sales team over the pandemic was like... <laughs> They were like sipping coffee, putting their feet up. Like, yo, boss, we ain't got it. Now, now, wait, wait, wait. Right now, it's like, short, like, uh, we got to call people again. Wait, 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 wait. Could this be a leading indicator on ground stock inventory in new car sales? It could be a leading indicator because if you hear a manufacturer give you a chip excuse, it's probably not going to be the truth anymore. I would call it a leading indicator. I don't know, just one one man's opinion. Um, so yeah. they did, you know, they obviously cited weighing demand for consumer electronics, but they did actually mention specifically demand for chips for cars being very strong. So um, I think Great. that validates and verifies a lot of the information we've been talking about um, that just consumer demand is pent up. There's still a, a pretty large demand. And now the chip companies are maybe looking at automotive with a little bit more gratitude because if you remember in the beginning of the pandemic, it was tough to get them to allocate to vehicles because guess what? They're not like the most profitable clients, you know, like they need to right. go on PlayStations. We got kids home pretending to be at school on Zoom. They need PlayStation things, you know? <laughs> So, so chip shorter days definitely coming soon to the history books. 
Inventory is not far behind. And uh, I think now we're really going to start to get to see who's been doing what dealerships have been doing the work in the off season, right? Yep. When the inventory is not there, you know, we've been on calls all week, uh, last week and the week before people saying, no, the inventory is coming like manufacturer rhetoric, like in the back end yep. sales calls. So it's coming. What are you going to do we're about to see if you've been working out, if you've been eating donuts? Hey, look, because you can you can get fat on on easy sales, so it's time to it's time to press in and uh, and make sure that your your processes and your paths to the purchase are dialed in. So, speaking of the path to the purchase, segue time. Huh. I did the own dance. We didn't have the the graphic, so. <laughs> I, I actually love this this retail report, um, and, and it talks all about how millennials and even Gen Z are interacting with a, a full path to the purchase and where they spend the majority of their time. Um, so we've got a few stats here, Paul. I'll probably, I'll probably let you kind of walk through them just because sure. you made these show notes. But yep. um, I think it's really like paying attention to, to where – people are spending the most time in the, in their shopping journey and recognizing that it is a shopping journey and not just like a one-stop shop is really important. And some of this research is, is leading, uh, leading us to, to, to see like, Hey, you can't just focus on one part of the process or one part of the journey. You have to watch the whole map, right? Yes. And this definitely comes from uh, something called the variant experience index for retail report. Uh, it's the 2022 version, which basically ranks the omni-channel experiences of the top 25 largest retailers in the U.S. based on revenue. So here we are outside automotive looking for indicators in outside retail. Um, fewer than 36% of those surveyed um, are Gen Z and millennial consumers under 40. They said they prefer to visit stores um, when interacting with retailers compared to more than two-thirds of, of boomers. So basically... Under 40% actually want to visit the store of Gen Z. Right. And two-thirds want to visit the store for the next uh, the next level up or the boomers. So um, over 75% of the respondents used at least one other digital resource other than that one that the company provided to make their purchasing, mm. purchasing decisions. So other websites, influencers, social media, right? So it's a little complex. They're used, not just yeah. going to the site. What they're actually doing is going to the site and then they're checking their other favorite website and then social media influencers and consumer ratings in order to make their decision. Um, I'll read one more stat and then we can jam. Um, over 51% though, place a very high value on like what you would call click and collect. I wanna buy it on my phone or online and then I wanna go to the brick and mortar store to pick it up or interact and get curbside or pick up in store. So only 28%, so here it is, over half of the people like that dual experience of doing something on the phone and doing something in person, and only 28% said, I want to do it all online. So, I mean, that's wow. a lot of stats, but I mean, that's a heck of an insight, heck of an insight. Well, yeah, and I, I think this is, what we have to realize is you have to be great in both places, and you have to be great across all mediums, right? Mm -hmm. So whether that be third-party inventory providers or review sites or social media or your own website or your brick-and-mortar experience, whether it be just pickup or the, or the full process, that they all have to talk. Right. Gone are the days where it's like, oh, that's a digital customer. Yeah. Oh, that's oh an in-store shopper like that. They would behave differently. Actually, they are they're 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 playing in all of those worlds and and making sure that it is a seamless online to offline or offline to online experience. And, you know, I, I it cracks me up every day when when I hear like, 
oh, if they buy online, they get the blank, oh, blank, no, blank no, brand, no, 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 no. right? And it's like, no, actually, your whole the whole thing is should be engulfed in what your unique selling proposition, your why, buy, all of that type of stuff, because you never know how many touch points someone is 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 gonna is gonna go through. I mean, one there's a there's a um, CDP provider, customer data platform provider, and automotive that uh, is able to kind of touch, kind of look at at the digital journey across multiple touch points, and I've seen customers hitting anywhere between 15 and 25 different parts of a mappable journey, a mappable right. journey. That's How much of that's not even that on there? See, right? Look, there's no doubt. I don't know if you've heard, but Gen Zers are a little cynical, right? A little, a little, a little skeptical that you're actually doing what you say. So this fragmented journey across platforms is just not going to cut it. Um, uh, Jenny Pulasic, VP of Marketing Insights for Varent of Experience and Enablement says, quote, Gen Z are by no means the only demographic that brands should focus on to adapt and enhance the customer journey. But since they're the most likely to engage digitally, seamless experience are the biggest drivers for better customer satisfaction, NPS, which is net promoter score and repeat business. So here's the takeaway. If you prioritize the Gen Z experience, you're going to get everybody else. Everyone else is going to have a great time. Right? It's, it's why Nike and fashion brands target 18 to 35 demographic. Why? Because if we get them in on it and they think it's good and they think it's cool and they jive with it, guess yep. what? Everyone else is going to enjoy the experience as well. We wish we had more time for this experience Woo. today, but we got one coming. We have so much fun to announce tomorrow. Things that are coming with the Auto Collabs podcast. New one, but it's just Monday. It's just Monday. We got to get to work. So do you. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.